low-level alert. Due to unusual electromagnetic activity on Typhon, power is currently inconsistent. Halcyon Tower is operating on reserve generators to minimize disruption, but several non-essential systems have been interrupted until stability returns. Transit around the tower should be reserved for emergency situations only, with elevator access granted only to Tier 2 and above employees. I've caught you at the ideal time, Jack. Ever the diligent resident, here you are preparing yourself for a day's work. Your finest day's work. Today is the day we have been striving towards. Today is the day when opportunity has finally presented itself. To shuffle the device you liberated from floor 138 to your lab on floor 204. This is our final day of preparation for what will undoubtedly be remembered as mankind's brightest moment. Can you feel the excitement, Jack? Can you feel every hair on your body? Every inch of your skin? The air in your lungs, heavy as infinite possibilities, conform into one solid reality here, for the now and for the ever. The future is as wispy and fragile as a cobweb. One needs only hold his hand in front of him to push it aside. Then, one future metamorphoses into present and all of nature is horrified at its sudden immutability. It all happens far too fast for your kind to notice. Life is wasted on the living. When we last spoke, Jack, together we ensured that the scanners on floor 204 would be offline for no less than 196 hours. As an update on that mission, your host at Argos Tower, Anna, is actually still alive. I thought you might find some comfort in that information. As expected, she has been exposed to an unsurvivable amount of radiation as a result of her somewhat compelled security breach. But for purely motivational reasons, I am reporting to you that, technically speaking, she is still alive. Oh, wait. No, never mind. Forget I mentioned it. As for the scanners, they are, indeed, still compromised. New scanner protocols are being developed, but will not be ready to initialize for at least a full day. You likely didn't notice anything different about the scanners since your trip to Argos. They've been programmed to shine their lights and make their hum, but they don't actually scan anything. Surprisingly, if we didn't know the protocols were offline, this would continue to be 
a perfectly functional means of security. I know you're likely hesitant to travel to floor 204 today. You have had a nasty history with power fluctuations and elevator transit. Allow me to allay your fears. I have caused the electromagnetic disturbance. When Aerolith talks about non-essential systems going offline during reserve power use, it is referring to tedious system processes involved in the monitoring of residents, location tracking, detailed metabolic analysis, and extensive thought monitoring are among the first processes disabled during an electrical emergency. Given our task today, a little less oversight only serves to increase our chances for success. There has been a minor change in plans, and so I want to prepare you for some unpleasantness. First, within the next 20 seconds, you will hear a knock at your door. I do not want you to be alarmed, but I also do not want you to open the door until explicitly told to do so. Wait a few seconds more. Now open the door. You will find an ordinary looking box and nothing more. If you are wondering where the box came from, suffice it to say that you and I are not alone in our mission here. Other agents for humanity's future have undertaken missions as dangerous as anything you faced on your own. And they are relying on you to follow this through. Do not be in a hurry to open the box. I feel I need to further prepare you for its contents. I wonder how well read you are, or were, Jack. You wouldn't remember the story if you had read it, given your complete, unrecoverable amnesia. But there is a tale written close to 500 years ago by one William Shakespeare. He's very well known among your kind. This particular tale, entitled The Merchant of Venice, follows a man named Antonio, who is in need of money. He goes to a moneylender, as was the custom at the time. The terms of the contract are very reasonable, and require no repayment of interest. But, in case of default, the lender, a man named Shylock, requires a single pound of flesh from the guarantor. As in any good story, terrible and unexpected things happen to Antonio. His ships are lost at sea, and he finds himself unable to repay his loan. Now, if you'll excuse my critique of your people's work, this is where the story falters. Shylock demands his pound of flesh, and the local duke decides random passers-by are worthy to determine the lawfulness of contracts in Venice. The decision is made 
that Shylock may take his pound of flesh, but is not entitled to spill a single drop of Antonio's blood in the process. Then, to really push this story off the rails, the lender's estate is divided among the Duke and Antonio, because that is justice to your people. I tell you this story not because it is particularly germane to our current situation, but because there are some humorous coincidences coming that I feel you would otherwise miss. And frankly, Jack, you're going to need to laugh. Go ahead and open the box. Be very careful with both of these items, Jack. First, you will notice an ornately carved two-pan balance scale. Please do not jostle this item. It has been precisely zeroed to within the allowable margin for our purposes. The second item you will find is a long, curved piece of metal. There are two buttons along the handle, but do not press either at this time. This is an extremely dangerous piece of equipment, and you could easily remove a finger if you were not careful. As I said before, Halcyon security is currently operating well below maximum capacity. Without the scanner protocols, they are unable to identify foreign materials entering or leaving the lab. They have, however, proven more resilient than I'd expected. As of this morning, they have installed floor scales within the scanner archway. This is a thoroughly inelegant way to manage the situation, but it does pose us a significant problem. Aerolith knows your exact biometric measurements. They know how much you eat, how many calories you burn, and can calculate your current body weight at any moment to within a few ounces. The device we intend for you to transfer into the lab on floor 204 weighs roughly 1.194 pounds. This is well outside the acceptable bounds for miscalculation. If you were to attempt to bring the device in right now, you would be flagged as anomalous, searched, and the device would be found. I do not feel I need to remind you how terribly that would go for you. You may now be beginning to realize the humorous coincidence I was referring to just moments ago. In order to fool the scanners and convey this device to the lab, you will quite literally need to remove a pound of your flesh. Well, 1.194 pounds, to be precise. I know, it is an uncomfortable thought. Your first thought is likely, how can I do this painlessly? Hair, extraneous finger and toenail protein, then what? Your nails are already cut to regulation length, and shaving your hair would likely be a very noticeable change to the guard station on floor 204. Besides, you're talking portions of an ounce, 
and you've got over 19 ounces to account for. I suppose you could go for teeth. Given the wide availability of protein paste, your teeth are effectively a vestigial structure at this point. But your teeth weigh, on average, a little over a gram each. So, carving all of them out would net you less than one and a half ounces. You probably feel they're worth more than that. Bleeding yourself feels like a natural response as well. A single pint of blood would net you close to 1.1 pounds of freed weight. Unfortunately, Aerolith would notice very quickly if blood began draining from your body. A statistically significant portion of your blood-borne nanomachines would cease responding, and that would result in a medical alert, even with the currently diminished monitoring. I don't know how you would explain that. I can give you some areas to avoid, if that would help. The hindquarters seem like an easy solution, but go hacking into that without a set plan, and you're likely to damage your muscles to the point that walking will be impossible. Likewise, the meaty part of the leg, while seemingly overflowing with potential mass, contains vital arteries and musculature that would make it impossible to continue in your mission if removed. Actually, given your relatively low body fat index, it is unlikely that you will be able to simply hack a chunk of flesh from any one spot without permanently damaging your muscular or circulatory systems. There are, sadly, very few good options for you. Since you seem overwhelmed by the decision, I will give you two reasonable choices. Option one, your skin, which can be removed survivably to a depth of more than two millimeters, weighs roughly two and a third ounce per square inch. By flaying an 8.06 by 8.06 .06 square of skin from your abdomen, even at that modest depth, you would easily offset the necessary weight without any outwardly visible disfigurement. Option 2. Your non-dominant hand weighs approximately 20 ounces, a bit more than you need, and a far bit more noticeable. But there are friends nearby who could provide you with a feather-like prosthetic that, while non-functional, would be realistic enough to pass cursory inspection. Should you choose this option, simply press your stump deep into your coat pocket when you approach the elevator. One of our confederates will notice and affix you with a suitable replacement in the relative secrecy of the elevator. Either choice you make, the process will be made far simpler and less messy with the electrocauterizing blade you have been provided. Poor Shylock certainly could have used this as the extreme heat of the blade will instantly cauterize your self-inflicted wounds, ensuring not a single drop of blood is lost. I suppose, in retrospect, some form of anesthetic would have been relatively easy to procure. So, let's consider that a lesson learned by both of us. Simply hold the metal rod and press the topmost button. Now, 
make your decision. Do it quickly, because your shift on floor 204 approaches. Remember, all your sacrifices, and indeed the sacrifices of dozens like you, rest now in your hands. The murders of Anna and her fellow Argo scientists are also in those hands. Do not let them have died for nothing. When you have finished, make sure and balance your offcast debris against the device from floor 138. If you are overzealous with your carving, make sure and trim down your removed flesh until you reach an exact balance. You will need to keep this excess offal in your pocket so as not to upset the scales. I will leave you to your task now, Jack. This feels like a private moment. This episode, entitled A Private Moment, was written by Adam Bash. You can follow Adam on Twitter at TheAdamBash. Music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. To hear more of Jesse's work, visit Mainfinger.com. Sayer is part of the Geekly Inc. podcast network. If you like what you hear, then check out other Geekly Inc. shows, like Drunks and Dragons, Cthulhu and Friends, Cast of Thrones, or Top 5 of Death. Want to give back? Head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. Or share us with a friend. We're totally into that. And make sure to follow us for Earth and Typhon-based updates on Twitter at I am Sayer. And now for some Airlith-approved reviews. Lamus777 writes, A necessary listening. Did you enjoy 2001 A Space Odyssey? Portal? Are you a fan of creepy literature? Especially sci-fi? Then this urgently needs to be a part of your life. I bothered to recover my iTunes password to review, so if that's not left, I don't know what is. Bulliard writes, Hey, nice podcast. I really like the Sayer podcast, especially episode four. The writing was so good for that one. Thanks so much for the reviews, guys, and make sure to keep them coming. Also, don't forget to check out our venture with Patreon, where you can help us by donating a monthly amount so that we can make this show better with each episode. So far, the response that we've gotten is great, and we're so thankful and overwhelmed by all of your support. Also, we're really close to hitting our next goal that we're very excited about, so if you haven't donated yet, check it out. 